Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where we talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their 0 to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.io. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent that costs half as much as in-house developers, and you know you can trust your SaaS or mobile app with us. We'll give you the first 30 days, no risk, and we guarantee being on time and on budget or we finish the project at no extra cost. Contact us at onestop.fm and we'll talk about your SaaS project today. We have Kyle Roof today on the Big Break Software Podcast. Kyle is the founder of Page Optimizer Pro. It's a tool for on-page competitive intelligence. It tells you exactly how to improve your web page content to outrank your competitors in Google, increasing traffic and ranking. We will be hearing how Kyle discovered how to reverse engineer Google algorithm and turn it into an SEO SaaS tool that's generated seven figures. Kyle will tell us how he came up with the idea funded his MVP, and navigated his 0 to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond. How are you today, Kyle? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. So as I was mentioning before the show, my voice is, is a little off today. My energy is a little bit down. So the good news is I'm going to let you do most of the talking. So I hope you're ready for that. Well, I like the sound of my own voice, so that's perfect. <laughs> Good. <laughs> actually, Good. I, you know, I've listened to your podcast a bit, and uh, I have to say, it actually sounds like kind of a richer, more like sultry voice. <laughs> that's right. Like I've been hitting some whiskey or something. <laughs> this, so this why can have more depth? That's right. That's right. Why don't you tell us uh, a bit about about your background and what you do exactly for your customers? Sure thing. So a big part of the story in creating the software is that uh, we have an agency. I have, a, I have, a, I have a co-founded an agency called High Voltage SEO. And uh, within High Voltage, we need to figure out how the algorithm works, how, like, how things work and what Google's doing. And so I developed a method to test Google's algorithm. I actually have a patent on this method now, which came in in 2020. And basically the idea is that we can create environments that we control. And then within those environments, we control all the pages and we can then start to tweak things and we can see what is or is not a ranking factor and we can see what might be a stronger factor than something else. And within those tests, some big things I learned is that Google can't read. Google's not human. They're, Google's absolutely amazing. It's one of the most amazing things ever created, but it's not a human being. It's not actually looking at your web page. It's, it's looking at different parts of the page. You know, it's looking at different parts of the page for specific signal areas. And then within those areas, and those signals areas would be like your page title, your paragraph text, those types of things. And then within those areas, it's looking for important terms. You know, it's looking for your exact keyword or your target keyword. It's looking for variations of that keyword. It's looking for contextual terms. And really, in the end, I realized that it's math-based. You know, Google, I like to say that Google's algorithm is an algorithm, and that's what it is. And if you can give the algorithm the math that it wants, you can create content that has the best chance to outrank your competitors. And so what I ended up doing is in, uh, within all these tests, I wrote an algorithm for this where I could then count the things that Google uh, is looking for, and then find the edges, the edge cases in the situation where you can get edges on your competitors with that math. And so that's what we did. And so internally, 
within the agency, we were doing this by hand to start, and that was pretty terrible. And so then we switched to uh, Google Sheets, and then from there we wrote a script. And when I had a script, that's when I showed some other SEOs. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And they really liked the idea. And so that was kind of the, the beginning of the whole thing. And so the person that we help with that is anybody that's creating content that needs to rank in Google. So there is content that you could write for the sake of content, or there could be landing pages that you really don't care if they rank, but otherwise content that is trying to get an edge on, on the competition and have the best chance of ranking, that's who we help, or that's who um, our software is aimed for. Okay, uh, so that's obviously a, a pretty wide net that you'd be casting. Is there ways for you, I mean, how do you sort of break down that client type? Do you focus on maybe other SEO agencies or, or who is your main client avatar? big chunk of our clients are small to medium-sized agencies. We're at a price point where we're providing an enterprise-level data and not enterprise-level prices. And so we get a lot of people where we say that you can get it, you can, you can compete with the big boys. You can compete with huge, huge, and huge with our software because we can, we can show, we can help you find where those edges are. So it's uh, small, medium-sized agencies to even some larger ones and then uh, freelancers or people that are, the people that are kind of the one-man band, one-person band type agencies where they're They've got their distributed team, and, and then they're and they're making it happen. Right. Those, and when you say happen. agency, when you say agency, are you talking about SEO agency or content writing? Because not they're not always the same. That's very true. I would say mostly they would consider themselves SEO agencies or marketing agencies more so than than strictly um, content producers. Okay, so it's a tool for SEO agencies, and they uh, you know it's not like you're allowing them to mark up or anything on your service. They're just using your service as a tool to provide their services, which may include content writing and SEO services. Is that right? That's correct. So anytime they've got sort of an on-page offering, our tool would be something that they could use. Okay. And what are some of the other, because obviously SEO is a pretty competitive market. What are some of the tools that are out there that you're competing with? Is it like Ahrefs or that's not, that's not, or another guy that we had on the show was from Huckabay. He, he's, they do structured data. Are these some of these services that you compete with? or Technically, like, yes, on the Ahrefs or Moz or SEMrush. Any tool that has an on-page offering is something that we would be technically competing against. And there are some other tools like Phrase or MarketMuse or Surfer. Uh, yeah. Those types of tools maybe are more direct competitors, but we're priced in a way or where we're trying to position ourselves is that somebody can use any other tool plus ours. Like if somebody likes Ahrefs, for the backlink data and for other type things, or they like the schema tool. We don't really compete necessarily against any kind of schema tool. So if they like those tools, they can use them, uh, still be very effective, and then also still use our tool for the, for the, for the on-page aspect. And what is the pricing? Well, we start at $20 a month. That gives you a credit-based plan, and then unlimited is at 39 and then we have an agency plan at 78 which gives you access to things like Google's NLP API, EAT, which is a, mm -hmm. a very technical SEO term. But we do eat analysis, and, and then we also allow sub-accounts on that. So you can, for like your content team or your SEO team, you can assign them specific projects, and you don't have to give them uh, your login, for example. Okay. It sounds like a great offer. Why don't you go back into, let's start with how you started the agency. Why SEO? Why, how did you get into SEO? <laughs> well, I got in, I was, I was a lawyer in a previous life. And I decided I'd rather chew on shards of broken glass than do one more divorce. So um, I did what everybody does, and I, I, I moved to South Korea. <laughs> My one-year sabbatical in South Korea turned into five years. And while I was there, I opened a business. I opened a school. And 
in the process of that, I needed a website, and it was actually kind of complex. And I had dabbled in kind of some website building in college, and it was a lot. It was just a delightful project. And, but because it was so complex, it, it took a while to build a team. Uh, and I had a pretty strong team. And then I realized, you know what, I can probably general contract websites. And so that's what I did. That was going pretty well. I brought my brother into the business. He does uh, web design development. And we had all these freelancers in India, and then we got the bright idea to go to India to open up a company. So we did. And that was going along just fine until the police knocked on the door. <laughs> and uh, we were told they were going to get a shakedown because we were in a, a small town in uh, northeastern India. And uh, instead of a shakedown, they threw my brother in jail. And they said, he showed the papers, and I'm like, these are the wrong papers. And he's like, uh, well, what can we do about this? And the chief of police goes, well, you have two choices. Um, you can leave town tomorrow, or you can sit in jail and, w- and wait till the magistrate to come, and the magistrate will sort it out. And my brother was like, well, when does the magistrate come? And the chief of police was like, I don't know. My brother was like, well, I guess I'm leaving town tomorrow. <laughs> so he runs back, grabs what he can. We get him out of India. We found out through some people that we were friends with that uh, the police came and took all of our stuff, all of our computers and our furniture and, and everything. And uh, our landlord had a new tenant in uh, th- uh, three days later. It was right after the end of the month, so we just paid our rent, and we also had a six-month deposit that we, we, that we lost. At that point, we were hemorrhaging clients, and my brother was like, well, I can take these four clients, because he did web design development, and um, we had just taken on the concept of SEO, because I was like, well, you know, we're building these websites, and people like it. We could do this thing called SEO, and we can make like $100 a month or something like that. And because I needed to pay the rent next month, I had to learn SEO that day because that was the only option that I had. And so I took the SEO clients and I jumped right into SEO and I got it going. From there though, like that's how I actually then got into testing was that when you look, you know, is this a signal or should I be doing this? You know, you get like three yeses, three noes and three maybes. And I was like, oh, that's not going to work. And then it occurred to me, I was like, oh, you know what? People are running their own test sites. They're running their own tests. And so then I developed a way to do that and then put that into practice. And then that's how I was able to start figuring out like what's actually going on with the algorithm. Shortly thereafter, I met my business partner now, Andrew Steven, and uh, we formed the agency, and, and a real foundational aspect of the agency was the testing. We felt that that was something that would set us apart from other agencies that were not running things on opinion, we're not testing things on your site. We actually test these things in these environments, so that, and we repeat these tests so we know that these are the ranking factors that are going to move the needle. And so anything that we bring in and any of our strategies comes based out of that. So we have a very data-driven, very mathematical, very scientific approach to our SEO. That's where then the, the software came out of was the, uh, the need to actually automate it for ourselves and then showing what we were doing or showing people that, hey, this is what we're doing, and then people really like the idea. The, um, the initial iteration of the, of the tool, though, was just on the back end of our agency site. We, um, we threw it on the back end of our site, and we had a page where you could just put in your keyword in, and uh, your um, email, and we'd email you a spreadsheet with all the, with all the information on it. We did that. We were we offered it for free for about seven months as we kind of navigated because we didn't have any experience in software or SaaS or, or anything like that. And so it was a real learning curve in what technologies were needed and what we needed to be able to do. Because it's one thing when you can do it once, kind of a one-off for yourself, but once you want to scale to two, you know, a lot of the technology doesn't work quite as well, and especially if somebody's accessing it remotely. And that's when... Our, our, our CTO, actually, she was like, I think I can learn Python. And she goes, uh, and she spent three weeks and learned Python and turned our, our script that we were kind of throwing into Google Sheets into a Python script. And that was the taking my algorithm and, and then how we were applying that and, and put it into a Python script. And then from there, once we realized it was kind of taken off and we were gaining a lot of users just through word of mouth, that's when we reached out and actually got a real Python dev and started building it out from there and created the SaaS tool. Okay, so with the agency... You you started this about what sort of time frame are we talking about? In twenty twenty seventeen is when we um, okay 
uh, started the tool, and then we took our well, we took our first payment in uh, June of 2018. So we we started about November 2017 is when we put it Your up. Your first on the paying agency. client for the agency now for the SAS. Oh, for the agency, we the agency had been around since 2012, 2013. Oh, okay, okay. So for the SAS, okay. So you had so the so you left India. Did you go back to go South Korea? No, no, no. We went uh, went back to the U.S. Okay, so you're back in the you're back in the U.S. and and you started with the agency. How are you billing the the your clients? Is it sort of like a monthly package where you provide content and with that SEO and there's reports as well? Or what's this? What's the offer for the SEO for the agency? That's that's correct. So we do uh, bespoke packages. So the idea is that we. Um, look at the need that somebody has, their goals, what they're trying to accomplish, and then create packages out of that. And a package will, more often than not, consist of um, some sort of content creation. We're very content heavy within the agency, okay. um, doing the re- doing keyword research and then content creation. And, and because we're content heavy, kind of coming up with a way to create content that will be more competitive and that okay. will give the best chance to rank is kind of then what drove us into kind of creating uh, this software. Okay, so can you explain more of the testing? I didn't quite um, understand that. How are you testing the software? Because my understanding is that, you know, it takes a long time to rank for certain things. So how are you doing this testing? And, and how long was it, it, were you able to see, like, results in the testing? Well, the testing is, is really defined like, as the most basic thing. Is this a ranking factor? Does this matter? You know, so you can look at your H1, your, your largest, usually your largest text on the page, and it's usually the title of the page. Is that a signal or is that an area that Google's even looking at in the first place? And so what you want to do is, the easiest way to do it is to, to create a fake keyword, a, a word that doesn't exist. Uh, you can then optimize pages for that keyword, and then you have an environment that you control. You're the only one optimizing that. So then anything that you add in or any element that you add in from there is yours. You know, and you can kind of see what it is or is not. So you could create pages that don't have any H1s, and you create a page that has an H1 that containing your fake keyword. And if that moves up, then you can see that that's a positive ranking factor. Ah, okay. I see. So would they be on, do, does it matter if they're on different domains? Or, or can it be on different, it can be on the same domain? The most simple way to set up a test is that it's all on the same domain. That way, okay. the not pages that you have, you're, you're, you're removing variables is the idea. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. Okay. But um, you can certainly do it on multiple domains. It gets a little bit trickier. Uh, and then you have to, the other element af- after that is you can't just run a test one time. Uh-huh. Getting results one time is, is not going to tell you much of anything. The idea is to find something that's repeatable. So you could use multiple domains. The, there will be other factors that come into play, but you could definitely do that so long as you're repeating it enough times. Okay. And so without giving away your IP, what can you tell us about your testing? What do you find? You know, give us the Take, give us the 80-20 rule. What are, you, what are you finding? What did you find from your testing? What's the most important factors in, in Google's algorithm? The, the top four are um, putting your exact keyword or your, your target keyword, exactly somebody would type it in, into your, um, your page title, often called your meta title, your title tag, your H1 in paragraph text, so P tags, and in the URL. Those are the top four places to put your keyword. And if you did that, you probably knocked out 60 to 70% of all SEO right there. Okay. A lot of people try to outthink Google, or yeah. you know, outclever Google, and um, it, as I said, it's not a human being, so it's not evaluating your content based on like, oh, this is original, or like early, it's like, oh, that's a new way to do it. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's doing it in math, and so you need to give it what it's looking for, and um, you definitely want to do that. The next set or a group B, if you will, would be your other H tags, like your H twos, H threes, and H fours, and then um, anchor text, and that's the clickable text that's on a page. That's a strong signal. 
Okay, so, so, so anchor text would be, let's say, for example, you know, we're, we're doing something for SEO agency is the, uh, obviously that would be very competitive, but um, the anchor text would all have to be around that, um, you know, so it would be how to find SEO agency or something, something like that. So it all has to link back to that main keyword. Is that correct? So this isn't a backlink coming in. This is actually the clickable text on the page that you're trying to rank. So, for okay. example, you, you could have a link on that page that would say, um, you know, if SEO agency was your term, you could say, like, you can learn more about our SEO agency, click here. And all yeah. of that would be clickable text. And okay. that's going to send a, a signal with, with your exact keyword. Okay. And what about uh, page length? Because I've been hearing more and more that, you know, the longer, longer, long form, blogs are doing better, but maybe that's because there's more sort of long tail keywords in inside of it. Is that, I mean, what are your feelings on that? As with the things that you're counting, and by the way, there, there isn't like a, a, a one set number or a certain percentage. It, it changes keyword to keyword, niche to niche, mm-hmm. niche. So you need to run this math each time, which also then kind of prompted the need for a script because we we're doing it by hand and we realized that was just not feasible. Yeah. But it's the same thing with word count. I think you want to get your word count. You want to see what type of page the Google is rewarding. One of the basic things that I teach about in SEO is that, you know, if you want a particular term, the first thing you need to do is look at the pages that Google likes and give it that type of page. I've had a lot of people that will come to me and say, like, you know, I'm trying to rank for this term. I'm like, well, what kind of page are you trying to rank? And they're like, a oh, product page. And then I'm like, well, is, do you see any other product pages on page one? And they're like, I don't. And I was like, well, you're going to have difficulty ranking that term or that page then for that particular term. You need to give Google the page that it, that it's, that it would like to see. And so that's where word count will come in because then you might see that instead of that product type page, you need an, an informational type page would be a much more longer form content. But then things change too. When you think about like a, a business financial type page, that could be three, four, five thousand words. But then something that's, you know, talking about a consumer product or something like that, that might be only a thousand words. And so you want to look at the page that Google is expecting to see and then that's the type of page that you want to create. Okay, so for the testing purposes, the reason that you said fake keyword is because it would immediately be able to rank quickly because it doesn't exist. Is that's that right. what you're saying? Okay, so the other thing too is you don't have to worry about what anybody else might be doing within your environment to right, disrupt okay. or you know, uh, uh, again, eliminating a variable that you know some other person is trying to optimize for that term. Okay, that's an interesting concept. So if there was a new sort of topic that that came out in your, you essentially could do that you could rank very quickly for it you're saying essentially the things that they should be concentrators on the i think most people probably know this about seo but you're saying the what's in the the url the the title the h1 and then h2 h3 and and then anchor text essentially so if someone wanted to rank quickly for this that's how they could do it yeah and also paragraph text but you say that and people might know that but then they don't do that (laughs) But, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that's for a fact de- they don't. Yeah, that's definitely true. So why did you have a technical co-founder? Because it sounds like you didn't. So is Andrew uh, the, Andrew Andrew was what what I mean, so you're you're sort of the um, you were the entrepreneur. What was Andrew bringing to the table when, when you brought him? Andrew's got the organization and the marketing. He is a marketer. Okay. So, so he's the CMO. Yeah, and then within like the organization, a lot of it are my strategies. The the math behind Page Optimizer Pro is my math. Okay. And then um, we have one other person in play, Maria, our CTO, and she is really more of a, a technical facilitator. So. Okay. Um, but she's not like a she's not like a lead. She's more like a sort of a project manager from technical. Like she's running the Scrum and and development side and stuff, but she's not actually 
um, doing the programming? Correct. So she did the initial script for us in Python, okay. and then from there, yeah. she's definitely much more managing. But she's also in the um, the problem solving of like, okay, we need how can we get this technology to work, or what do we need to do? Okay. Um, she's big in that area. Okay. Okay. Sounds like a great team. And so you launched in 2017. Did you take on external investment? No, to, to, no, we no, bootstrapped, bootstrapped the whole thing from the agency. That's from right. The agency. Okay. Why don't you tell me about the rollout? So tell me about the idea. Like, why? What made you come up with this idea? And what exactly is the what? What is the core problem that the the original SaaS is solving? Uh, just that the, the um, how can I get content that will rank better is really the the core problem. How can I generate content? They can be my competitors. You know, there'll uh-huh. be content that Google will like more, essentially. So it makes and, recommendations. So you, so so essentially, I would, if I write up something, I paste it in, and then it makes recommendations. It sounds like Yoast or something. Is is that right? Or uh, uh, it's it's fair in the sense that it, it it'll do that. But something that that sets us apart from Yoast would be that Yoast is just going to give you generalized uh, recommendations mm-hmm. or best practices. Whereas we're actually evaluating the SERPs, we're evaluating your competitors and making recommendations based off of that so that you can create copy that is better than your competitors. Okay, so it's giving you copy ideas and it does that by giving you key, extra keywords, long tail keywords or something like that? You should. Be, or, so it's going to identify like, um, so you've got your target term, how many times do you need to use it in, in your paragraph text? Okay. How many times okay. should you use it in your H tags? Uh, but then also then we're going to look at the variations of that. Variations are often like phrase match of your target term or very, very close synonyms, like lawyer for attorney. That's the same word, so that would be a variation. But how many times should you use those? And what's interesting is that those do a lot of heavy lifting for you. A lot of people think, well, all I need to do is just take my target keyword and throw it in on my page a bunch of times and I'm good to go, and that's actually not true. probably need to use your target keyword much less than you think you do. What's going to do a lot more heavy lifting are the variations of your keyword, the phrase match, the partial match, and then very close synonyms are going to do a lot of heavy lifting. So how many times do you need to use those in those same places? You know, do you need to use them three, four times, 10, 12 times? That's what we're going to do is we're going to give you that range that's going to give you the best chance on that content. And then the last part of it would be your contextual terms. A lazy definition for them is LSI. And I know a lot of old school SEOs hate that term, and they're right, it is an incorrect term. But it is the term that the, the industry has adopted, so you can call it LSI. Uh, but contextual terms are the things that give context and meaning to what you're writing about. Okay. We identify those terms as well. Uh, we give you a, a TFIDF percentage on as to how important they would be for the text, and then we also give you counts. You know how many times you should use those terms, like within your paragraph text, for example. Okay. And so, 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 how did how was the MVP like? So, you, so um, your CTO developed the script, then you found a developer. The agency is funding this MVP. I presume at first you're only using it for your SEO, your SEO clients. Is that right? So there's just sort of were you telling them that you were doing that, that you were building this tool? Or did they have feedback into into the tool? Was the idea that they were going to actually end up using it? You know, that's actually a really good question. I don't know that we told anybody that we were doing it. We were just like, hey, these are the recommendations. You know, uh-huh. we're just giving it to them, but not really saying that they were coming from our SaaS. What we started doing was just telling people that, you know, that were industry friends, like, hey, check this out, and getting a lot of feedback from them, mm-hmm. the, just providing it for free. Okay. And then they spread it by word of mouth. And then we got a pretty decent amount of people going. And then once once we transitioned from actually just having just some small little thing on the back end of our website, we transitioned into a SaaS from there. And then when we launched the SaaS, uh, just a couple of weeks after it kind of went live, that's when we then uh, started charging a, a dollar a report. And, okay, uh, so 
is that that's how you were doing it for so every time they would run a report so if you're a content agency let's say you have 15 clients they would need one report per blog post so it could end yeah, up being per target page the page that okay. you want to show up in google okay so because that could end up being you know quite a bit more than 20 a month if they're doing four blog posts you know like you know not very much more but you know 50 or 60 a month is that sort of the pricing that that you found that you were doing you know i'm not entirely sure what how many the average person was running at the beginning uh, mm -hmm. but in that first month we did twenty five hundred dollars which means okay. we ran 2,500 reports, which yeah. blew my mind, like absolutely yeah. blew my mind because we did no marketing. It was still just on the word of mouth. It was just on people who were in the free version and then were more than happy with that price point. Mm -hmm. And then we stayed on that credits model for the next seven months through January of, of, uh, of 2019. And then okay. that's when we switched to a subscription model where um, at that time we had a $10 plan uh, that would get you in it and then a $20 plan. We've now we've lost the $10 plan or it was a $12 plan, but we have a $20 plan and a $30 plan. Those are both credit based. And then we've got a $39 plan, which is then unlimited. So okay. the 20 and $30 plan give you a certain number of credits and then you can buy additional credits if you need them. Okay. So, so essentially those credits are, are you running report? Correct. Yeah. And then unlimited is just, you can run as many reports as you want at $39. Okay. And, and tell me about how the rollout was. So it sounds like, it sounds like it was pretty successful. What could you say you could attribute that success to? Giving it away for seven months for free, for sure. That was it, like, eh? Okay, people. Um, and, the, and when they were doing that, it was you were getting feedback. That tons it, of great feedback. Yeah, okay. And you could see that people were invested in the tool, you know, that they were yeah. invested in, in our success, you know, that they could see uh -huh. that we were trying very hard to give a very good product and giving it to them for free. And so they really, a lot of people became brand ambassadors for us in the sense of just letting other people know this existed, getting yeah. more people in, giving us more um, use cases because it took us about four seconds to realize the internet is a huge place and there are all different types of web pages and, and uh, things that need to be crawled and there are crawling issues and calculation issues and location issues. And so we need to work out all of those and we were able to work out a good chunk of them with the with, when we launched the MVP. So much so that, I, I mean, we were cash flow positive by right before month three, meaning that the tool was paying for its own development. Okay. We, this, were, we okay. were completely in the black in three months. What, so what was the what what was your hard cost at that time at month three? Is it just one developer or what was? We were doing one developer and we then hired another one shortly thereafter. But I think going right into the MVP, obviously it was a lot of our time and, and not counting at that time. But I think we'd only spent about six thousand dollars up until oh, that point. That's great. And it was the stack the is you remain with Python. Yes, and we're, okay. we're still we're still on Python, and we have. And, um, Vue.js is our dashboard. Vue for the front end and, and, and so on, like AWS or something like that. That's right. And so part of like then our growing pains were then scaling and also being able to pull from different locations. So if somebody were to type into the tool like I need New York City or I need Ontario or I need London, being able to give them accurate results for those locations was a big issue going forward from there. Sorry. So we spent a lot of time. So does that mean that you're giving them content-specific reports related to their area. So this is for like local marketing. Is that what you're saying? Like sure. or even just country based. If somebody's like, Hey, I need stuff for the UK or I need stuff for France. Or okay. Italy. Okay. So, okay. So that was it. So how was the growth in the beginning? I mean, what was, was it still just coming from referrals and word of mouth or what? what were Entirely. You guys? Completely. Yeah. Okay. And when Up did you, about 
15, I'd say. Like, that's about then when we actually then started doing some marketing, like an act, actual marketing. 15 customers? No, 15,000 a month. Oh, 15,000. Okay. Can you, um, can you give me the breakdown then? So you basically, you spun it off into a SaaS. You, this is, this is sort of like, you know, right in the beginning. It was its own SaaS page for seven months for free. And then, and then, and then after that, you uh, threw up a landing page. You started pricing for $1 a report. And then were you, at this time, were you, writing your own blogs and stuff like that for it because i mean that's what you guys were good no, at not no, at all you weren't <laughs> no. just, and you, you weren't, we weren't even trying to rank for anything we weren't even like really? using it to okay. rank. <laughs> what which going back do you think that was a mistake no i don't think so because we were having such a decent amount of growth without doing that it allowed us to put our efforts into other things into okay. into you know making the tool more robust bug fixing problem solving how can we do this like oh we kind of almost entered a phase like by accident of like the Kaizen approach where you're making small iterations to something as uh-huh. the market demands without really intending to, but just as as we were in that kind of development phase, say post MVP or, or at least a few months after MVP where we realized like, you know, this actually might be something. But then we started doing iterations to the tool, adding features or small things. And then also then at the same time, trying to get past some issues with, um, you know, how can we scrape things? How can we get location-based information? That sort of thing. Those were really problematic. And then we get spikes in usage where we thought we could handle thousands upon thousands and we realized that we're crashing at like 10 people using the tool at one time and just kind of get, getting past those sorts of issues, which were very frustrating because I don't really, or at that time I didn't really know much about it. So kind of learning on the fly, leaning heavily on our dev, hoping his expertise is, is yeah. up to How did up you to solve that? How did you solve that problem? Is it like microservices or something? Yeah. So we end up having multiple ways to do it and they're, they kind of fail safe on each other. And they, they check each other and, and, and all that. So we have a lot of servers running at one time, basically. Okay. Did you, ever have, pro- did you ever have problems with your develop- your development team? Did you ever, like, go through? Did you start? And where's your dev team out of? So we've actually just... So we our main dev who had was with us at the beginning, he's kind of not with the project anymore other than more um, kind of like a supervisor. Mm-hmm. But he's out of the U.S. And then we have a developer out of Ukraine and a developer out of China. And we're trying to grow. One problem that we have is that uh, you reach out for a Python dev. And um, I think most Python projects in terms of uh, difficulty on a scale of 0 to 10 are probably in the a 3 to 4 range. Mm-hmm. And we're like a 9 in terms of the, uh, the code that we're running. And so you have these guys come in all kinds of confidence, all kinds of cocky. And uh-huh. then um, they get in and then they fail quickly. Is that because of the algorithm? Yeah. yeah, and then also devs don't know SEO, so it's a whole that's a foreign concept anyway. So you can tell them what we're trying to accomplish. You have to teach them SEO at the same time so that they can understand even what we're talking about or, or what uh, we're trying to what we're trying to do with this thing. Okay, so your current team did you have to train them in SEO or, or oh, yeah. Did, yeah you did okay so they came in so they're Python guys and then you train them in SEO which sounds like a better way to do it because you have a very specific way that you want SEO done anyway. So if they knew SEO, it might be a detriment to the product. Cause We'd have to probably unlearn some, some Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay, so... You know, was, was, we don't need anybody questioning what we're doing, you know, like... Right, that's right. No, um, I, I appreciate, though, like, the guys that we have, what they're really good at is they are like, hey, I know our goal is this, I heard about this thing, or I saw this thing, should we be doing that? So they, they do brainstorm a lot, but at the end of the day, they understand that... We're doing it the way that needed it. Basically, we need to have it done. Yeah. So 
So would you say, so you said actually from zero to 15,000, you did no, you did no marketing essentially. Were you posting into Facebook groups at all? Or is it, I mean, cause that sounds like a lot of growth. No, it was literally no. other people posting. Like people were like, what's a good tool for on page? Oh, really? Some random okay. person be like, try, try pop, yeah. try page optimizer pro. Yeah. Okay. And then were there any plateaus at all? Like how long did it take you to get from zero to 15? That was less than a year or probably okay. of like six months, seven months, pretty quick. Okay. Okay. And then I would say we did hit like that 15 to 30 was much more of a slog than, you know, and time wise, it probably, it wasn't too much more now that I think about it. Cause, yeah. but it, it felt like more work, you know, uh, it felt like now we're trying to do marketing. Now we're trying to do some stuff. Now we're trying to uh, acquire clients that aren't as familiar with us or kind of outside of maybe circles where we have reach just naturally through the SEO. I, I, I speak at a lot of conferences and I'm on podcasts and stuff like that. So I, I had a certain amount of reach already trying to get outside of that. It was more difficult than, than the first 15 for sure. And what was your marketing strategy at that time? You said Andrew was a, a sort of a, a marketing guy. What was, what were you guys doing at that time to get from 15 to 30? Was, was it going to events and that was part of it. Big part of our strategy has been getting me to conferences, getting me on podcasts and on YouTube shows and stuff like that. To okay, a lot, a lot of it's just kind of talking about SEO. Yeah. Uh, we kind of have the idea that if you like the con, if you like testing ideas, you know, if you like the idea of, of doing Google tests on Google to to see what's going on there, if you like those concepts, the idea is that those are baked into the tool. So if you like that, then then you'll like this. And so we. It's not like an unmarketing strategy, but it's more of like a, um, if you, if this resonates, then this is something for you more mm -hmm. so than like, this is the tool that's going to save your life. And uh, it's the only tool you'll ever need. Like we don't really like to pitch that way. And, and we never have. We then, uh, have started doing a lot with, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn posts, creating blog posts, creating blog posts out of like the tests that we run, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then in the last little bit, we've actually started then, you know, we should probably use this to rank for stuff. So not, yeah. we, we now rank for like, um, like on-page SEO tool, on-page SEO checker, free uh, okay. SEO tools or trials, that kind of thing. What's been fun though is that's only been in the last few months. And um, what's been enjoyable is actually just the joy of doing SEO again. And like like for this, like for something that is uh, uh -huh. very near and dear to my heart. And then watching it work, you know, like, like getting these pages to rank using my own tool is actually quite satisfying in a pretty competitive terms, you know, competitive space yeah, terms. Yeah, of course. Yeah, very competitive. You know, when we see our page next to like, you know, SEM Rush and Moz and Neil Patel and all of Yeah, you know, yeah. You're in the very the funded dogs. tools, very funded yeah. people and we were able yeah. to do it with our own stupid little tool is just a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great. And so how have you how, which channels are working for you the best right now? LinkedIn has been pretty successful to be honest. Um that does and seem how to be do a lot you of use that? Are you approaching are you doing sort of prospecting and, and approaching people? through chats or what are you, how are you doing it? We've done that and I, I don't think that was all that great. What has been good is actually kind of creating more interesting think piece kind of content, uh, uh, asking okay. people to engage you know, okay. um, with it. And that's gotten a fair amount of reach like in the last little bit. And one thing to keep in mind too is we do kind of blend marketing a bit. We have one other project where it's a community where people can look at the tests and then I'll also look at courses that we have and stuff like that. So we do kind of some blended synergy between our projects where we can advertise this concept and then kind of hit people with different price points or different needs. So like if um, somebody wants to learn about SEO, well, that's, that's the community and it's a, that's a hundred dollars a month. If somebody wants to do their own SEO, 
that's the the tool and that's you know thirty nine dollars a month if somebody wants it done for them you know now we have the agency where we can put packages yeah. together so we have kind of okay. different but we can kind of blend marketing a bit which is really nice okay which it's i think taking, is great yeah uh, it's taking the stress off of our marketing so we don't have to have like okay this is specific we do have things that are geared more towards but we can kind of cast a wider net and then kind of where if you like this testing concept well, we have it three different ways you know and you can whatever they do, might need do you do you account for the SAS differently than the agency or do you do you blend the two together completely separate and it's, it's a completely okay. separate company it's a different okay. LLC okay totally different LLC and how is the agency doing now compared to the SAS what was the agency what was the agency when you launched the MVP and, and where are you at now in terms of numbers what you can provide me sure I you know Andy would know I can't I don't really know where we are when 2017 uh, but all boats have risen together, which has been a lot of uh, fun. But we're well over 100000 a month in the agency. On the agency, and how about the SAS? We're almost at 50. Okay. So, but so the, the, um, the cost is different, though. Like the, um, the thing about the SAS, which is very attractive, is the, um, the, the overall the overhead is, is non-existent. Right, right, okay. We're, we're putting most of the money back into, into development. From the agency? So, from Pop. Pop has funded itself the entire time. Okay. With, with okay. Except for the initial loan from the agency. Okay. So it's all bootstrapped. All bootstrapped. Yeah, okay. Okay. Any plans to take on an outside investment or? Well, you know, that's when, um, that's kind of when we thought, we realized we made it. <laughs> or we uh, like, you have like, you go, you go as, as you know, you go through like these highs and lows. You're like, man, I think we're a real thing. And you're like, man, I think we're garbage. And then, hey, we're a real thing. Yeah. And you know, yeah, we're, yeah. Kind of, we're nowhere. You know, um, yeah. we kind of ride those highs and lows, but, um, at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, um, we had three different VC firms approach us unsolicited. Okay, so that's when you thought you. That's when. That's you what I was like. You know what? I think we actually yeah. really have something now. Yeah, is that because of Latka? Were you on Latka's show or something like that? And all of a sudden, you get all these no. VC. No. No, I think it was just we were doing what we were doing. You know, we were yeah. in conferences, and I was speaking. I, I still speak a lot. And I was speaking a lot then. Um, we had two real successful speaking circuits that we did in yeah. 2019. And then kind uh, of uh, overflowing into 2020. Yeah. And yeah, that was that was fun. We went down the road a little bit with one of them. What was pretty funny was, uh, so they ended up giving us a valuation of, um, a nice valuation. And they said, but we don't want to move forward with you because we think you're a good company. They said, you know, you're at this very nice valuation point And we think in four to five years, you will double that, whether or not mm-hmm. we give you money. Then they're like, because we don't want to invest in good companies. We want to invest in things that could, you know, explode. And they said, okay. they, so the valuation was extremely nice. And we were pretty proud of that, yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. And then um, they gave, they were really nice people, though. They gave uh, really excellent feedback. And I probably agreed with about 80% of their criticisms. And that gave us a really nice roadmap for the rest of 2020 and now into 2021 as to things that we can do to uh, make ourselves more profitable. But then this also was kind of stuck with me and I was like, you know, we're moving, we're growing at a faster clip than, than what they were anticipating or what they were projecting. Mm-hmm. And by the end of this year, beginning of next year, we will be at that higher valuation where they said we'd be four to five years. We're going to do it in about a year. Um, oh, really? Wow. Is that COVID related? COVID has been fine for us. Um, it's been fine. But some people, some pe- literally some, some companies that I've spoken to have 10X'd because of COVID. Is, that, is, is your growth attributed to, to COVID at all? Or, or I, I could definitely been- see some of that because yeah. there is such a bigger shift of marketing budget going into people's websites and, and online right. things. Yeah. I could see that yeah. for sure. 
Yeah. Um, I think, though, honestly, we were on that track. I was surprised when they said that they thought it would take four to five years, which was also part of the thing that I kind of disagreed with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they saw how large the market is. Because one of your first comments was, that's a lot of people that you're going after. And they're like, well, yeah, uh, there are a lot of people that can use our tool. It's the web, um, you know, basically yeah. every business. I mean, if you're creating content that's a landing page that's just like, you know, for a PPC campaign, then you wouldn't use our tool for that, obviously. But yeah. basically, any other thing that you're putting on your website, you might want it to rank for something. And yeah. that's where we come in. Okay. Why not just go with the SaaS? Well, why not sell the agency and focus everything on the SaaS? Or is it because you feel like they, they play well together? No, that's a great idea. <laughs> you know, we're definitely moving in that direction. Something that we have done in the last year and a half actually more than that, two years for both, for both the SaaS and the, and the agency, is um, setting ourselves up so that it could be sold. Mm, uh, okay. Realizing that that will make us more attractive, but it's also making us a better company or two better companies. You know, the idea is that uh, if somebody were to really take a, a hard look at what we're doing, is this something that they would want to buy? So we've been pushing towards that. It's also been a, a mentality that we've had is that um, anything that we do, any kind of expenditure that we're doing, like say for the, the, the tool, is this going to bring in more sales or is this going to decrease churn? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, you know, or we can't see a clear path to that, then it's probably something not worth doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it has to be a real justification for spending money on something like that. So maybe like a compliance issue or something like that would be probably something mm-hmm. worth spending money on that isn't going to maybe do sales or decrease churn. But otherwise, we kind of have this mentality that's what we need to do. That's a big thing that probably got us through some of the slog of getting from 15 to 30 is that kind of a mindset of is this going to, bring in more revenue or are we going to hang on to the revenue that we have if we, if we add this feature or if we do that. And, and a big mentality shift for me was in making sure that we're staying with our core concept. You know, mm-hmm. we're an on-page SEO tool. We could start adding in a lot of features, you know, for backlinks or something like that or for rank tracking. Yeah. And there certainly makes sense to do that. But at the other, on the other hand, that's not an on-page tool anymore. Yeah. And uh, we realized that we've got, like for 2021, four or five features that we're going to develop. And we're realizing that we probably only need one of them to go into the tool, but the rest mm. could be their own standalone SaaS. Really? And, okay. And perform quite well. And so that's kind of our plan with the idea, the roadmap that we've generated. We probably are going to take a lot of these things and not put them into POP, but just create their own SaaS tool. Because while they're related and they might be nice, we realized that some of the features that we added confused people. Uh, uh-huh. it, was a, it was a new feature and it was great, but it kind of took a, us away from the core of what we were providing. Yeah. It made it a little more tricky for people. And then they now have a learning curve again with a tool they're already comfortable with. And a lot of people don't like to do that. And so it, um, we create a feature and while we get a couple of people, we actually end up churning more than we would have if we hadn't even introduced the, tool, uh, the feature. So kind of editing feature concepts has been a, a good step or a good process for us into um, making sure that anything we do that we can confidently say, like, yeah, this is going to bring in people. This is going to bring back people that wanted it um, or this is going to decrease our churn. Okay, so, so the idea is then to come up with a, a few more SASs that are small, that complement. Will you sort of have a single landing page that says, if, you're, if this is your problem, they'll be totally separate, totally separate. Separate LLCs too, so you need like new devs and everything? Well, we can use the same devs because the concepts are, are close enough. Okay. But um, we can, we'll create other companies for them. And then okay. what's nice about that, though, is then they create their own email list. They create their own life, their own marketing, their own brand ambassadors. And then we okay. can then cross-market between them. Okay. And no, no fear that you'll be diluting your energies or focus uh, by doing that? No. I mean, my focus is almost... So the majority of my focus is on, on the software and um, okay. within the, the, the company division of, of, of leadership power. 
Uh, mm. I'm more I'm on the software side. Andy's more on the agency side in terms of the leadership or the direction of how things are going to go, and and we have the bandwidth to, to do this. Okay, and so Andy's involved with his the, with the agency as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you guys are okay. That makes sense. We're we're getting close to the end of our agreed upon time, but one question I've been thinking uh, recently that I, I want to start asking founders. Some of the big lessons that you've learned going back and how you would handle them now versus how you handle them, you know, going th- through them at the time. One thing we, within POP, because it, it, it's a unique algorithm, right? It's our own. Uh-huh. Uh, we wrote it. I kind of had this idea that we can just kind of build everything ourselves. And so, like, for example, an affiliate program, we built our own affiliate program. I think looking back, starting starting off like if you can pay the $69 a month or whatever it is for somebody else's affiliate program that's all completely flushed out I probably would have done that I'm happy now that I have that but it turned out to be maybe a little bit more to take on than I needed at the time you can always build it later uh, you can yeah. always transition people into any affiliate program that you like or, or you know those, those types of things but I maybe would have leveraged more uh, out of the box type of, of things that we could just plug and play and get the same kind of um utility okay. out of that and then sense. build out later so uh-huh. the problem is when you look at it like well you know we could build this out it's only going to cost us this much and it's going to be kind of spaced out over these months instead of like maybe taking on a, a monthly payment but i think in the end i would have taken that payment and uh done a few things that way okay okay that's great and was there a time during the the life of the SAS where you said okay this was specifically caused our big break you know this was i mean it sounds to me like maybe it was the launching and the the having the algorithm that you guys wrote was but i mean was there anything that you can attribute to giving you a big break that kind of just was more reason than any other that for your success no i mean i think the big part of it was launching something and then people like oh this really works yeah that they're they're, you know, it's a probability game when, you, when you're yeah. doing this. And the idea is that when you're more likely than not to have successful content, you know, that's, that gives you an edge. You know, that, give, yeah. that gives you something that then they can feel confident that they can take to their clients or they can put into their own sites. That they know that more often than not, they're going to have the best chance to rank with this content. And okay. um, so kind of launching it and then getting that instant feedback like, hey, this is working pretty well. And then um, people going on, you know, as, you know, the algorithm has changed a little bit as we've, as we've gotten better. You know, as we've run more tests and, and seen what's going on and we were able to launch more content and see how it performs, you know, we continue to improve it. And that's just been great. That's just been a lot of fun. So how do you keep up feedback with, has been good. How do you keep up with Google's as they're updating their algorithm? I mean, do you like I, I heard that there was a big algorithm change in May. I mean, what do you do to test things with that? I mean, how, and how does that affect your SAS? Well, what's great is we love updates because we're really update proof. When Google changes an update, all it does, uh, when Google updates the algorithm, what happens is new competitors show up within the your page one and page two, et cetera. We're evaluating those, and we're able to look at those to determine what's going on with an update. So for us, yeah. updates are a great day because yeah. now people need to use the tool to figure out what's going on and um, and tweak their content accordingly. Okay, that's great. How can people reach you if they want to find out more about SEO, or either on the agency side or, or the, the SaaS? Yeah, so the SAS is PageOptimizer.pro. If you have an SEO question, I actually have a workshop. Go to the go to the um, the footer of the tool, and there's a, a workshop that I do weekly, and it bounces back and forth between Tuesdays and Thursdays. You don't even have to 
uh, have a pop subscription. And the first part is recorded, and it really kind of runs through, this is how you do SEO, and this is how you can use POP to be effective with it. But then I come in live at the end of it and answer any and all questions, and that's about using POP specifically or generally. But then I get into any and all SEO questions, and I'll take the time. And sometimes we have a ton of questions, and some of them are POP-related, and some of them are just SEO-related. But yeah. yeah, if anybody wants to learn SEO, they can just jump on that. Okay, and, great. Uh, we'll have, make sure we have the links in the, uh, in the show notes as well. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Kyle. Well, thanks for having me, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software Big Break could be right around the corner.